Hoi, ik kan in de kom zitten. around Jesus and what happened but I think just for a moment just let it sink in that it's Palm Sunday and if you can remember something of the previous Palm Sundays or not or just a, a great amazing moment in your life where Jesus maybe made a difference or you are waiting for a miracle uh, then um, we're just gonna allow a few seconds for silence and then actually pray that prayer uh, and then um, I'm going to pray for us and then we'll continue on. Lord, I know that each one of us, we have our own challenges, celebrations, difficulties and even big small responsibilities in life and sometimes we think that we can handle it by ourselves but yet some of them remind us that it's all possible through grace your presence and guidance in our lives I pray as we are here together tonight that you will remind us of that that we are part of a way that celebrates the true and living King that forgives, that guides, that helps and reminds us that we need to love one another as you have loved us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to read from the Mark text just to refresh our memories of uh, Palm Sunday and for those who want to follow wherever you are Mark 11 from verse 1 to 11 As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent to his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and just as you enter it, you will find a colt, also known as a donkey, for those who don't know, tied there, 
which no one has ever ridden. You untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you why you are doing this, say, the Lord needs it and will send it back here shortly. They went and found a colt outside the street, tied at a doorway. As they untied it, some, some people standing there asked, What are you doing untying that colt? They answered, As Jesus has told them to. And the people let them go. When they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Many people spread branches as they had cut, uh, cut in the fields, and those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna! Blessed is, the, is, the, is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming King of our Father David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Jesus entered Jerusalem and went into the temple courts. He looked around at everything, but since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. So, just a short reminder, actually, Blessed Be Your Name, which we just sang now, would be like a hit song in that weekend. Uh, it would be one that everybody would sing. It's an easy phrase to repeat. It's the same reality about Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Now, which is really interesting about the text, once again, if you need to be refreshed about the context, is that it's only in the John um, Gospel that we know that they have put down palm tree branches. The rest say branches or they say clothes. Now, there's a really significant reality about this. And there's a lot of symbols in the text. One of them which we can start with, which Jesus mentioned, is a cult, a.k.a. a donkey. <laughs> Meaning a young donkey which nobody has ridden on yet. Um, which is quite relevant to the reality, meaning if nobody has ever ridden on the donkey and it's still young, meaning it is without blemish. Which is a really important reality in this weekend because they, they were, this, it's like a Lord of the Rings movement here yeah, that's coming to an end. They're coming close to Mount Mordor, <laughs> which is uh, in this is Jerusalem. But from the beginning, Jesus was actually on an adventure on his way to Jerusalem, knowing that this weekend will come and it will lead to his crucifixion. He, it's actually, he has arrived where he needed to be why he came down to help us now palm trees in the ancient time was known by all jews and non-jews it was a symbol of of peace and it was also a symbol of of war and um uh, so a, a, a victory symbol and actually the greeks um, took it uh, to the symbol of one of their gods, which is a god of victory, which we all know really well today. Also known as Nike. Nike. So it's actually, no, knowing Nike, the brand that you're wearing is actually from a Greek god called Nike, which is a female god of victory. And uh, so when you're running, you better win. <laughs> if you have nights on you know. <laughs> Always you're gonna have some palm trees to deal with. 
But, but the one thing about this is what we all need to know is we, we all have this imagination running in our minds. Jesus and his 12 disciples coming on a cult into Jerusalem. But the thing is, it was a crazy busy time in, in the year. Because um, everybody was coming back to Jerusalem, to the temple, to prepare for the Passover, which they need to remind themselves of. And which is so significant about this is, uh, is when you were on your way to Jerusalem, you would have probably traveled with a lot of people. And most of them would have been shepherds. Because where did Jesus come from recently to Jerusalem? He came from Bethlehem side, right? Meaning, what comes from Bethlehem? Shepherds. Why are the shepherds on their way? Because in the Jewish culture, you needed to have a lamb in your house for a week. Uh, and so all the shepherds would come to the city to come and sell their lambs uh, uh, to Jewish families. And they need to have a pet lamb <laughs> for a week long. Now everybody knows a pet lamb is one of the cutest and fluffiest uh, <laughs> things. So it, it doesn't take long for you to love a lamb. It's like a baby puppy, you know, it's immediately there's love. And the thing is, like, it was actually part of the reality. You, at, at a Passover weekend, you and your whole family need to take this land to the priest. And if you were not sad, you were not allowed to offer it. Because you're not repenting, you're not reaping the sorrow of the reality of sacrifice. So he, the priest will actually send you back, saying, go love this lamb a little bit more, and then come back. <laughs> But there's a big metaphor here which you need to understand because where does Jesus come from? Where was his birth? Bethlehem, right? So even the shepherds would do what with the lambs when they transport them. They will cloak them and they will put them in a crib because what is the highest important reality about a lamb being sacrificed? It needs to be without blemish. So it's like golden royalty animal that you need to get from Bethlehem to Jerusalem to make sure it doesn't get hurt, otherwise you won't be able to sell it and make money. And now we have to understand that it, was, it wasn't only lamb. Lamb was the most expensive thing that you could offer and the most symbolic thing that you could offer, but there was also grain, there were pigeons. Uh, and. Um, most probably small animals as well, you know, what you could call the less fortunate in that time. But the most important symbol is the lamb, and that's why we're focusing on that. So, if we have to think about where was Jesus born, right? Bethlehem. And what was he born? A major. And what was he wrapped? And what did he was laying down? Uh, the whole symbol about purity is being proclaimed here. And when Jesus came into a city, it wasn't an unusual thing that there would be cloths and leaves on the city's um, streets because everybody would know that the lambs are coming and they need to make a safe path for them to not get hurt. And then you get Jesus coming in and everybody sees him and he comes in on a donkey. 
Uh, and also there's a big metaphor in there because a donkey symbol wasn't a lazy uh, working horse vibe symbol like we all know the lazy donkey today which uh, only sits in the road and you need to turn in your headlights especially when you drive in Botswana or Zimbabwe or whatever but it was a symbol of peace and in the for a king to come in as a, on a donkey would symbolize, well, in, let's say, the majority's perspective, weakness. But those who understand who he was would understand and name him Hosanna, the king or the prince of peace. And putting palm leaves in front of him as you are proclaiming that he is bringing the peace where in, as a, a normal king would come in, um, in with his horse which is the opposite a symbol of war victory might power and he would have his chariots and his troops running with him whatsoever so you have jesus and his few disciples walking into a city now just for a moment just i know the jews they comment as well saying um you're not allowed. I know in the Luke uh, Gospel it says that you, uh, they said, um, the Pharisees said, uh, Jesus, you should stop your disciples and everybody praising you as the King of Kings because this is blasphemy. So this is already where it started. And to come back to the reality of the symbol of what's really happening here the deepness of this text is, is for us we read it you know with this little bit of knowledge we have but in the time it was happening it was a extreme figure of completely upside down like uh, a king being named the king coming in and proclaiming peace not proclaiming that he has victory over another kingdom or a human being or whatsoever but he is bringing peace and it's crazy a king that's alive is the only one that's be able to proclaim that right but jesus is walking towards his death and and um, if you have to think about the metaphor around Palm Sunday uh, is if Jesus is walking on the palms and proclaim this king but also the big metaphor and symbol around that he is the sacrifice the lamb it is actually like really the opposite metaphor trying to run next to one another and only a few understood that so we have to realize that trying to understand that doesn't make sense at all there's moments when you have it when you can sing like the other zana and then there's moments like that but he's going to die <laughs> why did we sing hosanna because everybody's understanding was coming into jerusalem what is jesus going to do what is the messiah going to do he's going to release them politically so they, it's probably, if, if some of them scream king of peace, meaning that he's going to bring peace to their political reality. And yet we all know that never happens. And that's most probably one of the biggest reasons why they've turned against him. 
because their vision or understanding of the Messiah coming unto Jerusalem was not met. And for a moment here, we need to grasp how many times have we expected Jesus to interrupt in your own personal life? And it never happened. And this is usually in times when you do a short skit You know? Lord, you need to help me now. Yeah, right now. Boom. Like he was never there actually busy with the reality. But you're so desperate for change that you pray it and then it never happens. And you're a little bit disappointed. And that's the same feeling that most of these people felt when they sang those songs for Jesus to come in as the king and at the end of the day they saw him being crucified. Now, we're not a lot tonight, which is actually great because there's always this little bit of uncomfortable reality when it comes to being in the majority. And, and the question that like comes forth in those times is just who are we when we are in the majority or when we are actually on the losing side of what everybody thought is we're the winning side we are now seen as the losers and that will make us help with more little bit understanding why Peter uh, renounced Jesus why the disciples fled because a whole town has turned against them. And which is so great to feel if you read through the book of Luke, is that he's really focused on the women and the kids, those that are low on the food chain or on the pyramid scheme. <laughs> they really mean nothing. And the women were the ones that came through at the end helping Jesus off the cross loving Jesus and then we understand why maybe he brought peace is to break the reality of our understanding of peace for our situation in our, our country, in our world, will, will never change. Like, one of the craziest realities for me is, like, we spoke about it earlier this today and in the week, is if you, if you look at the Bahai, let's say, in America, about gun license, you know, then you get people making beautiful quotes saying, um, you know, get rid of guns, and then you get those that make realistic quotes that say, it's not guns that kill people, it's people that kill people. You know, so everybody justifies, but it's a massive reality in that. And then I read stats where gun violence kills about 6,000 Americans a year. And on, uh, which was the last digits on the chart and the top charts were over half a million people killed via abortion so then we understand the brokenness that we 
we are living in because let's ask ourselves in these stats what is actually the loaded gun how we have justified some things to fit to our own lives our own understanding about Jesus was that he needs to rescue us from this political struggle yet he did it he rescued us from ourselves our sinful nature which is actually great in the fact if you think about it because that's the one thing we cannot actually control we can take away all the guns we can stop laws of abortion and etc etc but we cannot really save ourselves from ourselves a great metaphor which I've heard all, uh, all my life and from the beginning um, was uh, this old woman told me what, what happens if you are uh, in the middle of the sea and uh, you have your life jacket on but you only know that you have a few hours left because you are going to drown and then you pray God help me, help me and then a boat passes and says, do you need help? And you say, don't worry, I've prayed God is going to help me. <laughs> and then uh, a rescue helicopter comes by and says, can we help you? And he says, no, no, please don't help me. I've prayed God is going to help me. And at the end of the day, the guy drowns. And he wakes up in heaven. And he said, God, why didn't you help me? And then he said, but I sent you a boat <laughs> and a helicopter. But you refused. It's the same understanding about this political and salvation story. We thought he's bringing this mighty Zeus, <laughs> you know, lightning bolt and uh, revealing who we are as the top of the, on the food chain, politically right. Everybody needs to live the way we live. And he actually broke that all down saying that I'm going to save you from yourself. I'm too going to forgive you for your own good. And that leaves us with the reality of Palm Sunday. And um, Marguerite actually wrote a beautiful poem, which she said she will read for us. Um, uh, if you don't mind, you're more than welcome to read uh, the poem for us. But we can all just maybe listen to the words of what she is reading, expressing, and partaking that by listening and revealing it to your own life. Um, it's kind of looking forward to Good Friday um, and the crucifixion. The title is uh, Golgotha. Eloi, Eloi. You meet me in this place of death, this hill of dust and bone. There is no sun. Oblivion whispers in every breath, your blood draining from broken flesh. I feel my own end as I see yours. Afraid, I want to remember and to be remembered. You look and see me dying light. 
and speak of paradise. So I think a great training naked for the week would be to maybe reflect on, on a word that's stuck by you from the poem. I'm going to ask Marguerite to read it again, but just now, for a moment, just let it, a word or something get stuck in your mind. And maybe for the rest of the week, um, repeat it to yourself. Like for me, it is the part where she reads, it's a darkness. Like, I see Jesus entering into Jerusalem. Everybody sees light, but he knows that he only sees God. And that we can only wait for next Sunday <laughs> to celebrate actually the true light and meaning of Jesus entering into Jerusalem. Eloi, Eloi, you meet me in this place of death, this hill of dust and bone. There is no sun. Oblivion, oblivion whispers. In every breath, with blood draining from broken flesh, I feel my own end as I see yours. Afraid, I want to remember and to be remembered. You look and see me, dying light, and speak of paradise. Let us pray. Lord, as we remember Palm Sunday, we, we always once again bring back to reality that we all expect a glorious king to enter into our kingdoms to save us from our own political, emotional struggles. Yet, you come into our own lives to release us and to forgive us and to bring salvation into our own worlds. May we be reminded on this Sunday that we we need you more than ever. We pray that we will over walk with you then sing songs but our hearts are full with the wrong desires we pray that you will forgive our sins and guide us in through this week so that we may be reminded of what you have done and in this time about to do. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm -hmm.